Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and 106.3 FM. Myself, Ken Miller, my partner, Trent Condon. We talk with you right up until uh, just before noon. The BMW of Des Moines guest list today starts uh, at 1030, bottom of the hour. Scott Darkerman from The Athletic will slide in. Big Ten made some news late in the week last night, or last week, rather, uh, pursuant to when they're going to be opening campuses. Iowa will join here uh, in the weeks to come. I see Iowa Chad Leistico wrote a good piece today. He spoke with the uh, season ticket people uh, at uh, the University of Iowa regarding some of their deadlines, which are this week, and they're going full steam ahead like they do not anticipate. I think the games are going to take place on time, and right now they're selling season tickets like everybody uh, is going to be allowed into the stadium, so no contingency plans there uh, as of yet. So we'll get uh, a couple of things with Scott Darkman. That's coming up at 10.30, Rose, a good piece today. Trent, you tipped me off on it to, uh, what was it, Haydenisms? Haydenisms, yeah, Hayden Fry. And the top 100 quotes from Hayden during his tenure as the head coach at Iowa. Uh, there were some dandies, that's for sure. Uh, no no doubt about that. Uh, I missed a lot of them, but certainly um, you know, up the speed on a lot of them, too, because they have stood the test of time. Have they not, some of them? Oh, there's there's some great ones. The one that jumped off, it was the first one, actually, that Doc used in his piece, and it was, I hope he didn't hurt your boys yeah. too bad, talking to Gary Barnett after an Iowa-Northwestern game before they became the Northwestern that we knew in the Rose Bowl year yeah. of 1995. So many good ones in there, and... You know, I got to thinking as I was reading through the piece, and I mentioned this to you uh, before we came on the air today, in today's environment of social media, of the way that you know, it's still a regional sport, college football in general, but there's a lot more national characters. What Hayden Fry would be like in oh, today's environment? They, they'd love him. They'd love him. Be, I mean, they wouldn't love him in Story County. Right, right, yes. And, and I get that, and nor should they. But, um, yeah, overall, I've, it's, it's, it was an excellent point. I believe you're right. Just thinking about the down-home kind of guy that he was, and you'd get a quote, you'd get something funny, showing up in a press conference wearing bib overalls Mm -hmm. at Minnesota after the TV and newspaper guys in Minnesota were talking about those yokels down in Iowa, and and just on and on and on. Such a character, and a character that we don't have a whole lot of those guys anymore. we got Mike Leach. Yeah, we got but, some goofy but he got guys. himself in, in, in some trouble here in the last uh, couple right. of months as well. So, yeah, you got to be careful. But um, you're right. I, I agree with you. I mean, some of his stuff would have gone uh, instantly to Twitter and mm-hmm. would have had millions of clicks. And Who knows? Uh, but I, I certainly agree with the premise. So we'll get Scott Dockerman in here at the bottom of the hour. We will carry Governor Reynolds' press conferences. They continue to uh, be held at 11 o'clock in the morning. We will continue to live up to what we said we would do. And that's as long as the need is there. Uh, continue to carry them. So 11 o'clock, uh, Governor Reynolds. And then 11.35, our friend from ESPN, Zubin Mahente, will join us as we'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. There were some good things this happened this weekend. Before we get into those, did you enjoy time with your family this yeah, weekend? Yeah, it was a good weekend. Went back to my parents' house up in New Hampton, got to hang out with them for oh, 30 hours or so, got up there in the afternoon Saturday and, and headed back Sunday uh, Saturday, but then left uh, Sunday evening. But it was good. You know, my parents were ex- incredibly excited to see see their grandkids. Mm-hmm. It had been since February. That was the mm-hmm. last time that they had been in town. So 
you're talking three months. And when you're used to seeing them, right. you know, basically every month they usually make a trip down or we make a trip there, something like that. And that isn't happening. We did Zoom calls. We did that. But it's just, it's different. And, and having that and how excited my daughter was to be at Grandpa and Grandma's house. Oh, nice. She loves going there. They live just outside of town. Well, so she knows she's going to cash in, oh, too. Oh, right? big time, yeah. Anything that you want, you could get. You know, we celebrated her birthday that's coming up in a couple of weeks, so we did that, too. And it was just great seeing the smile on her face, how yeah. excited she was. My son, who never falls asleep when daddy's holding him or rocking him, he just he has no time for that. But then he fell asleep on grandpa's chest. Nice. And, and just seeing that. Get as a we picture? Sitting, yeah, sitting outside and had uh, had the fire campfire going, and we were making s'mores, and he fell asleep on Grandpa. It was just, it was a really fun time. And getting to see my parents was always a good thing, too. It's, Absolutely. You forget about just those little, we talk about, you know, the day-to-day and going to the grocery store and things like that. But mm-hmm. those kind of moments, they're special. And it really they was. They are. And, and Trent, um, you know, hold them close to you. Because yeah. sadly, they, I mean, they don't last forever, right? right. It is, after all, a, a cycle of life. Anyways, so let's get into what we saw this week. And we had a really couple of good events. Uh, I didn't watch... Hardly any of the Coca-Cola 600. You know, I'm just not a NASCAR guy, and it didn't move my needle. Yeah, and, neither of us are. That was, yeah. what, in the evening. So I mentioned we got back Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And Sk- there was a delay, so you, we could have oh, watched. Okay. Yeah, there was, uh, I don't know if it was a record. I think it was weather, because I, I turned to it, mm-hmm. and they were drying the track. Oh, okay. They had all yeah. those vehicles out there with the... Kind of like a Zamboni that doesn't, you know, put, right. put ice down. It, it blows the water off the track. Uh, they don't look like Zambonis. That was a bad example. But anyways. I know what you were saying. You knew you got I was, it. You, I was the following picture, you. The yes. picture developed in your head. Okay, then it wasn't so bad. Uh, so, but yeah, just not a NASCAR guy. Neither am I. Never. I shouldn't say never. There was a short period where I tried to get into no. it, but it's just, I'm not a gearhead. Right. Don't, not a mechanical Nor guy because of that. Maybe that's a piece mm-hmm. that's certainly missing from that. My dad tried. He, he tried for years and years. He, to convert you? Oh, yeah, to, yeah. to make me that kind of guy. Just never worked. I need a yeah. ball and a bat. That's how. That's sports for me. That's just it never clicked. My, my dad was the same way I was. He couldn't hammer a nail, And yeah. um, but let's go have a catch, son. That, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. So for me, it was the golf, but I didn't see it in oh, real time. Oh, golf was unbelievable. It was, for me, pushed back and watched it late Sunday night into uh, Monday morning as I was watching the replay, but knew nothing going in. Oh, you didn't know what happened? No, off the phone, I was driving for yeah, three hours, yeah. too, so that helped out. We just uh, watching it there, could fast forward through a few things, and mm-hmm. I'm sure I missed a little bit of the banter. Maybe you missed some Barkley. Yeah. Some yeah. Justin Thomas was really good. That was my takeaway. Ebelman yeah. on there was pretty good. And, I, yeah. and Justin Thomas, you could tell at times he was nervous. But it was kind of endearing. Yeah, okay. All right. There was a couple of times where Mm -hmm. he weren't sure where he was going. But overall, I thought he was really good. But early on, Tom Brady. Brian Anderson. Oh, God. Trent, honest to God, I I, I didn't think I was going to be able to stick through to it. I, I thought oh, this is awful, and that was Twitter's reaction early as well. As, oh my God, this is this is just this is a train wreck, and it was. Uh, because of the amateurs. I mean, M- Manning was okay, but Brady was just spraying the ball all over the place. And while in some respects it was good to see that, you know, it's one of these that these guys that are on the absolute top of the their sports food chain mm-hmm. can't do everything well. You know, well, everybody grew up with one of those guys, yes. right? Everybody had one of Kelly Taylor. Um, <laughs> could do everything and do everything incredibly well. He was the best player on every team he was ever on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all had Kelly Taylors in our life. Sean Bookite. There you go. Uh, 
but it was good to see that Brady was struggling a little bit, and but then you know on on that eighth hole when he when he chipped there, not chipping when he when he uh, canned it from the fairway after Barkley's given him just a back and forth tongue. Like here's the thing, people are wondering what's next. Next is a slam dunk cinch. You got it. Oh, Trent, this would you know as good as Brady Manning Tiger Phil was. This would crush. Cry. Give me Phil. Give me Tiger. Yep. Take those two pros again because Mickelson's great. Yes, Mickelson he is. is great. Talking. Yes. Explaining. Yes. Having some fun. Yep. Throwing some crap around. Manning was great. I mean, when they were on the practice tee and they were warming up, and you know who should caddy for Manning? Well, I guess I could get Eli or right. or Nick Foles or Belichick. I mean that that was that was really good. And you know I'm not making it sound good, but it's one of those you had to be there and see it live. But yeah. that was really good trash talk. But to me, this would... I mean, it's Barkley and, and MJ. Oh, oh, yes. Right? You can watch the hideous swing of Charles Barkley. Right, and Matt, and, and Michael and Charles were best of friends. Yep. And because Barkley had the audacity to do his job and call out <laughs> Jordan for the way he put the Hornets together, they've never spoken since. And MJ loves to golf, and MJ loves to bet, and Barkley loves to... You know, try and play golf. We love to watch Barkley try and play golf, but but that's for that's for later. But what we saw this uh, th- this uh, Sunday was, and and the country tuned in. Did you see the numbers? I did not. An all time record, cable record for golf. So bigger than it. It was the it Masters was, on ESPN. Yes, I mean it had to have been because that's how that's rated, right? Yeah, absolutely. Five point eight million, same numbers as Last Dance was getting, tuned in to watch. This event and it was pour it was pouring rain through some of it, but Brady's hitting an, an eagle putt from off the uh, Mickelson drives the green goes over the green and from the fringe, uh, Brady knocks in his eagle putt. So he made a couple of shots in this thing to keep it interesting, and the boys had a chance. Mickelson and Brady had a chance to tie it on eighteen, and the strategy on the back nine, it is such an advantage for. Phil and for Tiger to hit the second shot. Yes. Yep. And if Manning and Brady can keep it in the fairway anywhere and at anywhere in the fairway, right. for you to use, uh, you know, the pros to use their approach shot, such a huge advantage. And I thought it was great. I'm right there with you. And wish there was another one this weekend. Yeah, I do too. Well, it can be. Let's go. Yeah, figure it out. And you know, the one that we saw two weeks ago didn't have Tiger and Phil, but right. I was still entertained by that yep. one. Isn't there going to be some enterprising group that says, you know what, let's turn something around well, they quick They better here. get the you-know-what in gear because there's about maybe to be real sports. And I think that, yeah, yeah obviously, if there are real games, I believe that they will dwarf them. Maybe uh, overall numbers, right? I mean, right. there's not one base. Mets Nationals aren't going to beat what we saw. But when you take, you know, over the course of the day, all the combined baseball. And to that end, it seems like... Um, if they're going to have a season, Trent, they've they got to get something together. I hate to say this week, but boy, doesn't June 1st seem like... I mean, they're not, you, you can't get to spring training part two by Monday. And that's June 1st. Right. I mean, if they sign today or Wednesday, logistically, you can't pull this together by June the 1st. So now you're already into the second week of June. And, you know, look, the July 4th has become a real popular starting point yep. now. Everybody's picked up on this. July 4th, it's baseball, it's Americana, it's Independence Day, and it makes sense. But if you're going to hit that date, get your you-know-what in gear. Yeah, it's time to crap or get off the pot. Uh-huh. And, it, and it feels that way. The proposal, 
has already initially been sent from the from the owner side. The the players association has looked through it. They're supposed to come out with their rebuttal today. Is it okay? Is uh, what I saw from Jeff Passan earlier this morning. That is the anticipation. But so the ball's back in their court, and they're about to hit it back into the owner's yep. court. And here, hopefully, that you know we get something here. A couple more volleys, and let's All land right. this thing home, and let's get this well, thing done. There can't be many more in a couple. <laughs> right, right. But it feels that way. And you know, talking to both baseball fans and people that just want sports, and mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people. You know, I don't watch the grind of the one sixty two like you do, like Ken does. Mm-hmm. But I just want baseball well, back. But you'll watch how many Twins games will you watch of one hundred sixty two? 140? Well, that's pretty good. I mean, at least a portion of probably, and maybe upwards of 150. Uh-huh. But these are people that aren't that way, but they just want something. Right. And the continued conversation I have with people, even that aren't big baseball fans, but just want it back. Give me Marlins Padres. <laughs> In. Right. But how bad of a look this is from both sides. Uh-huh. And we can argue the merits of the Players Association. We can argue the owner side. We can go back and forth. But the bad look that this continues to create you know, 1994, mm. the cancellation of the World Series and just how bad that was. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're an Expos fan. And, and short of the home run chase of Sammy uh-huh. McGuire and bringing it back. And is there a story like that that can bring baseball uh-huh. back the same way? I don't think there is. Because of that, they're in a precarious spot. Yep, They really have to get this figured out. And if you're going to play 82, Trent, I just don't see, like, 82... <sighs> 81, 82, that's half a season. Can you play 70 and call it good? I don't know if you can. Yeah, it, just because baseball is so call, different. Right? Yeah. You keep pushing things back, and then on top of it, you're pushing the playoffs back. Right. And you're talking about these expanded formats that continue to be out there and bandied about, which makes sense because of the revenue that playoff games generate, not just in terms of people being there, but also the biggest part, the television side. When you're looking to do that, you get a playoff after a 50-game schedule, it's going to feel... It's going to feel hollow. I think for any kind of baseball fan, a 50-game schedule just wins not enough. It. No, it's not. that. That's the great part of the 162. Right. Is you separate the teams that should be Here, there. And here's the ones a that question shouldn't. for you. If they play like a 50 or a 60-game playoff series, because I've wrestled with this one myself in my the sport, the team that in hockey, right, mm-hmm. my Jets. Um, so I'll ask about your tweet. If it is a 60-game regular season, and they win the championship. Yeah. We're still going to call it the World Series, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Would you be as pumped up as you were in, in 87 or 91? I, that's a tough one. I think because of the fandom, the flag waving that I, we all do as sports uh-huh. fans for your team, that you'd find a way. And there would be some line of thinking that, you know, this is actually more difficult than the World Series winners the last 20 years because of the way they had to the do it. The full-out sprint from yes. start to finish. And, and that shows how good. You yeah. would be able to play these mental gymnastics to right. be able to come up with an idea yourself. that yeah. this was actually yeah. even more impressive than what happened yeah. there. Yeah. And it still is about the memories. And you're going That's to remember. That's a good point, Trent. You will, you will You'll find, find a, way a way to convince yourself. Mental gymnastics, well said. Your Winnipeg Jets win the cup. Yeah. Well, you know, and... You're reading some message board. You're reading right. something on Twitter, and this guy is going after your Jetsy. Wait, wait, wait. We just won a tournament of the 24, but not 16 best teams, mm-hmm. the 24 best teams. We had to do this, and we had to do that, and that's more difficult than anything that people have done. I think most every sports fan yeah. is going to do that. Well, let's have that happen. Well, your, okay. Your Jets win the Cup. Yep. Twins win the World Series, yep. and uh, we'll reconvene to talk about it in, I, later in the fall. I am all for it. Gosh, wouldn't that be a great conversation? All right, so the other sports event from the weekend, and I guess we can call it that because it was on ESPN, and it is uh, involving an athlete after all, uh, the 
30 for 30 on Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Trent, I think I'm probably in the minority in the country. I liked it. You liked I it? I liked it. I did. I didn't know. And maybe it's because, I mean, did you know Lance Armstrong's background? Not before he became Lance Armstrong famous. Mm-hmm. I had no idea he was this gifted of an athlete. Now, he couldn't play football. Mm-hmm. couldn't play basketball. So he found something that he could do. And yes, he cheated. But everybody cheated after yes. all. Does that make it better? Mm-hmm. You can decide for yourself. I enjoyed the piece so far. I Look, I know there's a lot of... Um, it's, it's 2020, right? We want to cancel his mother. <laughs> because his mother forged his birth certificate so 15-year-old Lance Armstrong could participate in triathlons where you have to be 16. I remind you, he didn't enter these events for a participation ribbon. Right. He entered these events because he was the best at his craft and won them as a 15-year-old beating the world's best that had to offer. So I get that cheating's been a part of his life and that seed was planted. It's okay to cheat, son, at a very young age. I liked it. I couldn't get through it. You couldn't get through it, I huh? couldn't get through because the Because of hours. the cheating? It's... I think there were a couple of components. The first one, as I flipped it on. So you turned it off. I did. Wow. Now, I was watching it late, and I was actually watching it late. Well, it was after I, I finally caught up with the golf and watched mm-hmm. that. So it was 1230 when I started to dig in, and that probably had to be a part of it, too. But as I'm going through, there was a part of me that, A, was pissed we didn't have any more MJ. Right, yep. And That's true. That Maybe that was playing in my mind yeah. is... Boy, I wish this is just more about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he's just so unlikable. He is. I, I get it. There's no I, there's no denying that fact. He is unlikable. And this is something I wanted to pose to you. So, Michael Jordan also, a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Bad teammate, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I'm quote-unquote part of the media. I don't know. But the way that he was just so nasty with people. Michael Jordan was a nasty guy himself. Right. The way he went after teammates. Team, and then, and, and, yeah, I mean, Krause. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that was not a good look. Not at all. That wouldn't play in 2020. But still, there was there was a means that he was trying to get to. Uh-huh. And it was to win that title. Right. Same thing here, but the way he went about it I was, think part two is going to be worse. I think part two is going to even make him worse because he didn't step on people mm-hmm. and ruin lives on the, way to the to- on the way to the top. So I reserve the right... To change my opinion on Lance Armstrong, yeah. what I saw last Sunday, A, I didn't know about him. Maybe it's because, you know, I don't think so. I don't think Americans knew about Did you know about Lance Armstrong? A little bit. Some of the stories okay. in the beginning, they at least jogged my memory. All right. I thought maybe it's because I was Canadian and yeah. didn't care to dig into him. And, you know, he's not representing my country. But mm-hmm. because I thought maybe that had something to do with it. But I enjoyed getting to know his athletic prowess as a young age that he had. But I think next week we may get to see more of the air quote real Lance mm-hmm. Armstrong where he ruined lives and didn't care who he stepped on um, to get back to the top. But we'll see. Uh, part one, the, the two hours on, on Sunday night, I was into it. And that was maybe the dichotomy between the two pieces that we've seen recently. Michael Jordan, yeah, he was mean to Horace Grant. He said yep. some bad things about him. Yep. Horace Grant also signed a deal for $100 million with right. Orlando. It, right. He didn't ruin the lives right. like he with did. three of, rings on his hand. Of these reporters and things like that. And just on and on and on that happened with Lance Armstrong. Yeah. And just the outright 
lying. Right. I, there's a part of that that's so difficult to get over. Mm-hmm. And again, I might th- that might be my take when we reconvene on Monday at 10 a.m. Yeah. He's a difficult person. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to. I liked him. Was, was the timing right for this series? Yeah. In comparison, you get these three ones after the MJ doc. Did they do this in the right order? What would you have done differently? I, the feel good, Sammy McGuire. Yeah, there's also a tainted yeah. side of that one, too. Yeah. Just, the, I, I don't know. There, there's something there that continues to be a hang-up for me. Well, well the, the way they're doing it seemingly is going to lead us into baseball if the two sides get their act right. together. Right. Bruce Lee, no. that See, I, I don't even know if I would have watched the Bruce yeah. Lee if that one would have been Sunday, the way that it went. Maybe it was the right order to do it, but mm-hmm. it, there's a part of that that it goes hand-in-hand hand with what we just saw. It's probably not fair to the 30-for-30 30 30 in itself. And for me going in there with an open mind, but there was that piece that was just in the back of my mind, just dragging through it saying, can't get into it. Yeah. Sunday night will be different. I will be. My schedule is going to be a little good, different too. Good. That'll help. I won't so be maybe you, starting this at 1230. Well, that's true. Maybe you can get, uh, did you erase it? Did no, you, no, it's still on there. Still on there. Yeah. So, try get into it if you, have, if you have time. If you're not doing anything, yeah. if you're not betting Russian ping pong or whatever the <laughs> hell it is that you've uh, scratched your betting itch over the last little while. So, yeah, it was okay. I mean, look, at he cheated. Everybody cheated. I've said this. Many times over the years, you know, normally around the baseball conversation, yeah. knowing me the way that I know me, I'd have cheated. Yeah. I'd have cheated. And I think, I think that people that say that they, that they wouldn't have, I think the majority of them are kidding themselves. I, I think so. I think you that's know? a fair way They don't way want to, to be push. honest with themselves. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're watching this guy's not as, as good as you. He's going to, you just broke the bank. You're trying because, to hang on. You're trying to stay right. in the major leagues. You're trying yeah. to that get kind that of final lifestyle? contract. Yeah. That, that, that kind of lifestyle with that money that goes along with it. I'd All you got to do. Hey. Take a needle, pop mm-hmm. a pill, work out a little bit mm-hmm. more, and look at that. You just got a final three-year deal worth $30 million? Right. Yeah, I think I can do that. Boy, when it comes to cycling, though, the CPO that they were taking is the magic elixir. Holy mackerel. Get your hands on that, huh? Whew. I mean, I don't want it now, but <laughs> what a uh, what a difference apparently it made. Yeah. And look, they've been. it's not just them. Just look at the East Germans in the Olympics, <laughs> for crying out loud. They wrote the book. Uh, but overall, I thought it was good. It was okay. This weekend was okay. Sunday was better. You know, you had the golf, and it turned out very Brady split in his pants, for crying out loud. <laughs> had to go to the rain pants. You had to go to the rain pants. It was it was entertaining. Mickelson was terrific. Tiger. Here's what my Tiger takeaway. It's too bad that the Masters wasn't this week. This guy was right down the middle. He he was making every shot in his bag, Trent Connie. You hate to say Tiger's back because he's already back. Yeah. But whew. Did that at his home course. Well, that's true. Got to be a little. That's bit, true. A little bit easier when you're doing it that way. Fair point. And uh, yeah, the rain. Like you said at the beginning, it was just kind of. Oh my god, boy. Brady was just. It was awful. Are they going to even finish this thing out? Right. I'm sure that had to be at least a thought. Is it was so bad. So I, ugly. I wonder how many people turned the channel and then you know saw on Twitter that this is getting good and came back to it because yeah. the numbers peaked. Down the stretch, I mean, Brady and Mickelson had a chance to tie this thing and send it to extras. Listening to Phil as he's giving pointers to. Right. And he's helping. And, giving golf lessons is what he's doing. All right, you're going to push it yes. here as he was talking with one of the putts on, on Brady. Just, I want to imagine, I'm not a good golfer by any means. I love golf. I wish I was better. I used to be a lot better than I am today, and I just don't get out as much. Mm-hmm. But I would love to be able to play 18 with a pro that is like Phil, that that can help you out. And to see how much better 
your game's going to be. Now, I'm not going to hole out like Brady did at eight. <laughs> I don't know that, but <laughs> the chances of that are incredibly I'm sure. Incredibly, but did you think Brady low. was going to the what you'd seen the first seven <laughs> That's holes? That's very true. But to be able to just have somebody look at your game as it's going on, and you saw the improvement throughout the round from Tom Brady, mm-hmm. who's a good golfer in his own right. I mean, we're not talking about some hack. Is a professional athlete that you know, concerns and the things that might be kind of hovering over you. He's played golf with, I mean, any famous person you can think of, any professional golfer. I'm sure he's golfed with tons of these people. So oh, for sure. Pro it wasn't too big week. of a right. stage for him. But just go out there, pick your course, and we're going to play 18 with the pro golfer. Zach Johnson happens to be there, and he does an interview and says, hey, you want to go out and play 18? I would love that so mm-hmm. much just to see what a guy like that could do to improve my crappy golf game, even for 18 holes. It would be fun. Uh, Jamie Pollard has just put out a release, uh, and it's it's long. It'd be too difficult, I think, to read it without going into a break. I'm trying to scan it. As of today, approximately 22,000 season tickets have been renewed for the fall. That leaves us approximately 8,000 seats to be full. So Iowa... We found out from Chad Leistico's piece earlier today, they are selling their season tickets to their entire fan base, thinking that as of today, they are going to fill Kinnick Stadium. Meanwhile, Jamie Pollard is is limiting it to 30,000 spectators. I'm putting the check in Iowa State's win column. There's no way in hell. I don't think. I really just, I don't think that we are going to play college football in front of full stadiums. I think Pollard's doing it the right way. I really do. Undersell, over-deliver well, type I don't, of thing? I think he's going into it right now saying, look, our, our, what have they got, seven home games mm-hmm. this year? I think they have seven. Uh, we're going to have 210,000 people throughout the season, period. 30,000 a game. Meanwhile, I was selling 50,000 season tickets and might have to. And here's the thing, Trent. What, what's easier to do? Would you piss off the fan base now mm-hmm. knowing that, look, I didn't get in. I'm not one of the 30,000. We'll use that same number at Kinnick. Well, hang on a second. You asked me for my check. In good faith, I sent you my check. Now you're telling me that I'm not high enough on the list and you want to send me a refund back? What's the best way to do it? I think the way that Pollard's I doing it makes you. a lot more sense because I can only imagine we get to August, tickets are being sent out, and numbers right. are down. Got we this. haven't had the second wave. We don't know if it's coming, but if it is, it's not here yet. And you get your sheet, you got your tickets, and you're ready to Oh, sorry, actually, you're... Yep. Those are void. You booked your hotel? Yes. Right? right no refund. Yep. It's a, it's a two-night minimum. They got my credit card. I've already paid for it. Not going to deal with that. I don't know. Um, what else is in this release that I can see? So they 22,000 sold. They were, they're going to cap it at 30. Um, Even at 30, though, can you do social distancing? I don't know. See, that, and that's question. the other part that continues to... Leave me scratching my head, you know, hearing upwards of 50. There's a good engineer program at, uh, at Iowa State. Maybe there they're, is. they're plugging people in or making models or who knows what they're doing. Well, the professors, have got to give them something to do, right? Because it's not going to be the students that are going to be working on that. At least here's the here's, here's a little nugget. Let me add this. Any season ticket holder who re- this is from Pollard. Any season ticket holder who renews their season tickets but later decides they are not comfortable attending games this fall because of COVID nineteen may request a, a refund of their season ticket purchase or defer it to two thousand twenty one. That's pretty good too. That's pretty good too. It's pretty good. I already wrote the check. Yep. Not sure what twenty twenty one is going to bring, but. My tickets are paid for. Uh, Scott Dockerman coming up from the Athletic Miller and Condon till noon. Glad you're with us. 
uh, where every Monday through Friday, well, except on you know, holidays, uh, but for the most part, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. You were young and your heart was Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Governor Kim Reynolds at the top of the hour. Zubin Mahente about 11.35 from ESPN. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He joins us. Hello, Scott Dockerman. Trent and Ken, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, I had a decent weekend. You know, not a whole lot to do, as we know, but... Uh enough good things and enjoying the wonderful weather. How about you guys? Ah, uh, just the same. Glad to uh, glad to be back at work, but it was uh, it was nice to have that extra day. So, Doc, lots of things to get to, and we're seeing that um, you know Chad Leistakow wrote a piece at the Des Moines Register uh, talking about Iowa's plans for football this year. Regarding they are not limiting uh, their season ticket sales at this point. They fully expect to sell their forty eight thousand. Meanwhile, and I saw you retweeted it, Jamie Pollard's uh, email that he just put out that I. Iowa State will cap them at thirty. I think it's easy. I think it's a better, cleaner method to do it the way Iowa State's doing it, um, not having to go back and, you know, let's say Kinnick is a thirty thousand limit. All oh, those eighteen thousand that uh, we cashed their checks and they reserved their hotel rooms and made their plans. Now we have to tell them that uh, now you can't come. Um, but I'm not sure if there is a right way. There's no handbook for a plague as to how you're going to handle this after all. But just your thoughts on on how the two schools, Doc, are handling season tickets at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know Iowa's kind of going towards the end here. Uh, you know, but May 29th is kind of their self-imposed deadline, and they're going to continue to sell all the way up till then. And and so they're kind of running it, uh, you know, all, all systems go right now. And we're still three months out, so it's still kind of a – I mean, it was only two months ago when everything got shut down. So we're not even to the halfway point from, you know, when, when everything shut down to where we are now. And, uh, you know, but I think, yeah, I think Jamie Pollard's message is a little bit more direct. And, and uh, Jamie handles these situations so well. I mean, you know, I, I think I mentioned this to an Iowa fan. I'm like, say what you will about Jamie. He knows the situations. He's usually way ahead of them. So, I mean, I think right now that's the, probably the prudent thing to do. I, I think – He's got an anticipation of starting on time and limiting the stadium. And then if there's a chance that uh, doesn't need to be limited, then they'll be in good shape. I think Iowa will have to cut back a little bit. But if, if they go to, you know, say they hit 48,000 or whatever, or 50,000 tickets, and then they've got a, you know, they have a 69,000 uh, plus uh, capacity, I mean, then, then they can kind of trim back. You know, they're not... You know, there's not the single game sales that they have to worry about, which is, you know, what, close to 20,000 or mm-hmm. more, uh, you know, that they have to fill. So I think it, they're both in pretty similar situations. You've got to remember, Kinnick's quite a bit larger than Jack Trice. I mean, I mean it's only like 10,000 more now. But no. so I think that they're able to cut back. So I don't think either one's in a bad situation. It's just, uh, but I do think what it suggests, and, and this is a good thing, is the football's coming back. Yeah. And yep. we shall be happy about that. I definitely are, no doubt about it. Scott Dockerman joining us from the Athletic Doc. From there, as you look forward to the season, this just popped in my head as we're talking about tickets. And say it comes down, all right, capacity is going to be about half. Secondary market, how that is mm. going to work, and how you figure out that avenue to it. Because suddenly there's a big game in Kinnick Stadium, and only 
35,000, 30,000 people can be inside the stadium. You got to figure those tickets that hey, you can get into the Seahawks game for a hundred bucks, three, <laughs> four, five hundred dollars just to get in. Secondary market's going to be crazy if it plays out that way. <laughs> you just popped in your head. That's about the 18,000th thing for me to think about. I'm on it. Bye, uh, You know, I, I would take your word for it, but I think it ought to be uh, that they're going to have to have either the police the, and other officers out there really you know, checking these types of tickets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they mail out special time as opposed, you know, that, that's, there's so many different logistical issues that that one is probably weak of to worry about, <laughs> you know, at least on our end of things. But I will say, yeah, I mean, if they, if they're only 35,000 people could get into the Sioux game um, on September 12th, then I think, yeah, there's going to be, you know, quite a clamoring for those tickets, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and what else they got? They got? Nebraska's at home this year. Wisconsin's at home yeah. this year. Uh, who do they open? Michigan State's at home this year. That's that, that's the one. Yeah. Anyways, um, and the Seahawks game. It's an excellent uh, question, T, how much of those things are going to be worth. Doc, we do know that Big Ten's uh, opening their campus, not this week, but next week, that athletes are going to be you know, allowed to get back on at, at some point. I'm not sure I was going to green light it on Monday. I think they wait a l- few days longer. But some schools are uh, ready to open up their athletic facilities as soon as a week from um, from yesterday, uh, but your your thoughts on that, and how will they handle it? What have you heard, Doc? Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, really interesting because Iowa, uh, as of Friday, they announced that on June first that select coaches will be able to come back and staff members, and then June eighth the players will be back. So I think that that suggests that they uh, that they are moving forward with different areas, and they've got a whole list of different things and you know, what they can and can't do and how they, you know, whether they should work out with masks or whatever. I mean, it's, again, way into the weeds as far as that goes. And it's probably better to have a doctor or somebody to talk about that stuff. But I do think that it's it's a good thing because um, a lot of these players have worked out together. And I remember Chauncey Golston said last week, you know, that they were kept getting kicked off different fields. You know, they would go and try to work out on it on a artificial surface and then they get, keep getting kicked off because, uh, you know, they weren't allowed to be there. And I think now that they have a chance to go to a, a facility that they know well and work out and work under supervision, at least in the weight room, I think that's really healthy for this team and for these players because they're still young. They still need discipline and structure. They're used to it. And I think this is a good thing for them. You mentioned Doc Chauncey Golson. He's going to have some help inside of him at defensive mm. tackle as Iowa Welcomes in a, a grad transfer from Northern Illinois, a guy that put up some really big numbers. I know Pro Football Focus, absolutely in love. A lot of moving parts there with that Iowa roster. D.D. Johnson announcing he's going to move on as Miller, Jeff Jenkins. So a lot of uh, different looks, at least, for the roster compared to what we are. Your takeaways as we look back at the week and, and the changes in that Iowa roster. Literally and figuratively. I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, 320-pound guy who could play one tech three tech two tech in the middle they needed that i mean this is the second straight year iowa lost at least three starters up front and you just can't sustain that year after year and be you know competitive for a divisional title in the big 10 and i think you know what he does is he takes a lot of pressure off and just one player really helps out and i think the same way on the offensive side with quay cronk and that is with jack heflin now you can line up him 
next to Davion Nixon, you know, Austin Schulte rotating in, and then the pressure is not necessarily on a, a Noah Shannon or or a Logan Lee or somebody else like that to, to come in and, and have key big uh, snaps. Maybe Noah Shannon plays 10 to 15 per game instead of 30. You know, and if somebody gets hurt, they're not really, you know, hurt bad, you know, numbers-wise. So I think, you know, and plus he's a high-level player. You know, he's been, you know, five years now, he's, you know, been in the in a system. And uh, so I, I think it's a major addition. Now, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, you know, Ezra Miller and Chef Jenkins, they've been out since the semester. Right. So that's kind of been expected. And, you know, good luck, hopefully, for uh, for Ezra that, you know, he's been able to take care of himself and, and be able to, to go on and play football again. And uh, DJ Johnson was a little bit of a surprise, but that is an area where there is a ton of competition. And, uh, you know, they've got some guys there that, uh, that are going to play, some that are, are about a year away from playing, but they've got a lot of talent. It's dog-eat-dog at cornerback. So it doesn't surprise me somebody moved on. Um, I just I think for Iowa's sake, if if they can get Julius Brents healthy, and uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people like Jamari Harris who played a little bit as a freshman, uh, that you know, D.J. Johnson uh, you know, decided to move on, and uh, I think – it's not really unusual for that to happen this time of year. I'm going to get to your piece on Haydenisms that uh, was published at The Athletic today. Uh, Trent came in. He was uh, chuckling, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a second. But, Doc, I want to just, uh, before we run out of time, um, have you heard anything regarding what I was going to do semester-wise? I know there's a lot of schools that they're going to you know, get to Thanksgiving and then they're going to go back to the way we've been over this last couple of months, and that's you know, no students on campus type of thing, or at least that's the plan right now at a number of schools. What is that going to do to the winter sports? Like, you know, I don't have to remind anybody, I was got a tiger by the tail in basketball, at least we think this this coming season. What does that potentially do, Doc, if indeed Iowa you know, joins the multitude of schools that are saying, yep, students on campus, but only through Thanksgiving. And then, you know, perhaps in the winter months, we're going to be do all our, our learning uh, off campus. Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, I guess, first of all, I, Iowa has not decided that yet. I would anticipate uh, there will be a lot more schools who do that. Um, and from a health and safety standpoint, it's probably for the best. I, I know a couple of schools have decided to move up uh, the, the start of their semester into early August and then end their semester at Thanksgiving week, which, uh, you know, you have the traditional flu period over winter and, and logistics are difficult getting people back. And, and, and then you have, uh, you know, potential for coronavirus to come back. So I, I expect there's going to be schools around here that will do something like that. Uh, Iowa has not decided that yet, but there's a region meeting next week. And I imagine a lot of those scenarios will get discussed. Uh, you know, when it comes to the winter sports, that that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, in some ways, wouldn't you rather just start it like after the first of the year if you're basketball yeah. um, rather than mess around with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if that means you only have 20, 25 games at the most, I think I would do that. I think, you know, maybe push the Final Four into late April this time around and, and start right after the first of the year because uh, if you've got – you know, they already play during the, the winter breaks for everybody. And, you know, those three weeks are kind of a ghost town at times anyway. But in this situation, if you're playing seven, eight weeks, like let's say they don't even start classes till Groundhog Day, then I, I think you're in a position of why are you playing if there's nobody there. So 
I think you should. Uh, I, I would. That's what my recommendation would be. I don't know if anybody will listen to me, but that's what I would do. Doc, your latest at the Athletic talking about Hayden Fry, the top 100 best quotes of Hayden Fry during his tenure at the University of Iowa. There's a lot of good ones in there. You started with one of my favorites, the Northwestern Barb to Gary Barnett. Hope we didn't hurt your boys too bad. But tell us a little bit about putting this piece together and a great look back at what made Hayden Fry just the the icon that he was. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I mean, looking back at, you know, and, and over the years, you kind of knew some of the stuff Hayden would say, and, and then you just want to make sure that it was true, that it was actually published, <laughs> and it wasn't just, uh, you know, hyperbole, but, you know, the Northwestern stuff, and I was there that day. I was in college, but I was also working part-time for the Burlington newspaper, and I was there the day that he went off about Northwestern, and, and you just you want about the psychology of it. You know, that week Northwestern was really ramped up for Iowa, and I think he wanted to get his boys that way. So it just really uh, it was really fascinating, that one. Some of the stuff he said about Iowa State and Minnesota was kind of off the charts. I went through, you know, some of the arguments and stuff he went with, with media. And, you know, there was one episode with Jim Ecker at the Cedar Rapids Gazette where, you know, he called him a liar and, and all this stuff, and there's really – you know, but he would do that for psychological purposes yep. for his team to deflect attention, and you know, so you just happen to get caught in the, the, the tractor someday. You know, yeah. but and then you know, just then there are a whole bunch of other quotes. You know, the Haydenisms, the and then some of the things he said after big wins and games and going to the Rose Bowl, and and then his, you know his final press conference, which I was there for. I was looking at Muscatine at the time, and it was just. It was really a lot of fun because there's really nobody like him. The only person I can compare to him is maybe Steve Spillier and, and some of the things they've said, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> for years. And I just think it's kind of fun in this day and age to look back and see what, what was said in a pre-Twitter era. And uh, some of the things Hayden, you know, said probably would not be, just, you know, would be viral moments, let's just say, right now. How long did it take you to come up with that list, Doc? Oh, my gosh. It took me um, a long time uh, because I kind of wanted to target certain games, certain situations. But I would say, you know, 20-plus hours, mm-hmm. you know, over the last month or so. And so I just kind of kept compiling them. And then, you know, and then I wanted to provide some sort of context to it. So it, it took me a long time. But, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I, I know Hayden has a special place in everybody's hearts here in Iowa, and I think uh, rightfully so. So I hope everybody gets a chance to look at it and enjoy it because it was a lot of fun to put together. You are at the right place to do that. The Athletic Gift affords you that opportunity to do those uh, long uh, pieces, Doc, and uh, you, you do them very well. Athletic uh, continues to uh, prove to us seemingly every day that it is the future destination where everybody will go to read their sports, uh, and they got a big head start at doing that. Doc, great stuff. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman. Uh, from the athletic, good stuff. Love going down memory lane with some of these and the barbs that he would throw at people at stadiums. He had a, a deal with Memorial Stadium over in Indiana, in Bloomington. He just thought that was one of the worst places. Now it was a terrible environment because there's no fans there. Maybe that's what he was doing to rile <laughs> yeah. it up. And he was a psychology major. There was always a reason Big locker rooms for why he was doing some of the things that they came off the. He was talking. Doc was talking about. When he went after the media and Jim Eckerd and uh, Mike Colossus of the Gazette back in the 90s. Well, and Hansen was the target, too. Mark yes. Hansen was... Uh... But when he did that one, it was right after they came off the loss. Remember when they 
flew down to Tulsa the game yes, the day yes, of the game. I do remember very well. And then they was lost. a huge talker. I think I think we were on the air doing sports for that game. Probably. I'm, I'm sure we were because it was a Hawkeye fans were apoplectic. Ninety six something it, like that. It was that. early. It was early in the. In the run. And because of that, what did he do? Well, he turned attention. And all of a sudden, he started ripping on all the writers that were in the room that day. There was a reason behind it. What do they do? They come out the next week. They beat Michigan State. Take the pressure off the team. He always had a reason for what he was doing. We'll take a time out. Come back. Finish up the hour. We'll hear from Governor Kim Reynolds. Uh, She is scheduled to speak right at 11 o'clock. And then Zuba Mahente at 1135. Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's here, 11 o'clock, Governor Kim Reynolds, 11.35, Zubin Mahente from ESPN. So Trent, uh, in studio, as you know, is the preliminary 2020 high school uh, baseball schedule for KX and all the games that uh, you're going to be doing. And it's a pretty extensive list starting on June the 15th. Jog my memory that aren't we to know something pretty quick on Des Moines schools, whether they're going to participate or not? Yeah, it sounds like Friday was the get-together with the athletic directors of the city schools, along with the superintendent, some of the coaches also involved on the baseball and softball side. This was a Zoom meeting, I'm assuming? Is I would guess so, call? Yeah, yeah. Conference call, something like that. So, uh, to be upfront first, my wife is an employee at Des Moines Public Schools, so uh-huh. she's not a coach, though. She is a right. teacher, and she has a different perspective, certainly, than many people do of this, but she thought there was no way. She thought from everything that she's heard from the district, there was no chance that it was going to happen, that they were going to let them play. It sounds like at the very least after those conversations on Friday, the weekend, Tom Ahart, the superintendent, is at least thinking about the idea, Mm. which is different than where we were just a short time ago. So I thought it was a non-starter, too, now. And that that's really what it felt like. But it seems like at the very least they're they're contemplating, they're thinking about it, they're looking at all the angles here. And, and we should find out some news, I would guess, today, what Des Moines Public is going to do uh, as it pertains to softball and baseball this summer. But hopeful for those kids more than anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, if they want to play, hope yep. they're able to make it happen. Because uh, they're starting a week from yesterday. Yes. June 1st. Six days away from practice. Six days away from practice. You're right. We should know something today more at the very latest, I would assume. All right. We'll come back. Uh, Governor Kim Reynolds, she'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour. We carry her daily press conference. Zuba Mahente, 1135. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.